It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hey, what's up, Cubs fans? This is episode 129 of the Locked on Cubs podcast, part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. My name is Sean Sears. I'll be your lone host today. I'm a writer for NBC Sports, as well as doing some stuff for Fansided and, of course, the 312 podcast, live every Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m. on 1590 WCGO. On today's episode, we've got an off-day podcast, a solo podcast, and luckily we got some great questions to kind of guide us through this episode. So um, we already kind of previewed Ryan and I yesterday, this matchup today with the Tigers, Kyle Hendricks and Jordan Zimmerman going up against each other on the mound in Detroit. Uh, that game starts at 6:10, and you'll be able to catch that on NBC Sports Chicago if you're in the Chicagoland area. And of course, I think it's on Fox Sports Detroit um, if you guys are in the Detroit area or whatever watching the MLB app. So um, I won't go too much into this game. Um, I will say I am interested to see how Kyle Hendricks does. In his last couple starts, he's had a kind of misleading stat line where he's pitched a lot better than you know the stats kind of show. So I'll talk about that just in a quick second for the first segment. Then we'll jump into the second segment, which will be kind of the meat of our show. We've got some questions um, regarding you, Darvish. Addison Russell, um, some World Series talk and things like that. So we're going to go through there. Um, we've got some pretty interesting questions like Kyle Hendricks, so we'll go through. Um, and then we'll kind of finish up the show, take a quick look at the NL Central and uh, the division leading races and things like that, and uh, wrap up the show really quick. So uh, quickly, let's go over this matchup for today. Of course, like I said, Kyle Hendricks against Jordan Zimmerman. Zimmerman uh, hasn't faced the Cubs since 2015 in his last start against the Cubs as a national. Gave up 10 hits, 4 runs, uh, only 2 walks, 3 strikeouts, last 5 innings. Uh, Cubs in their last 5 matchups against Zimmerman have had no less than 5 hits and have only won 1 game, have had no decisions, and uh, lost 2 of them, of course, against Zimmerman. So, different situation. He's playing for the Tigers, doesn't get much run support. Gives up a lot of... uh, contact in general here and his five most recent starts uh he hasn't had less than he had a four hit game against texas in july and then uh hasn't had anything below six hits throughout the rest of his starts. so i think this is a game the cubs could come back i mean we talked about jordan zimmerman yesterday and he's a guy that you know he's he's got a certain level of pedigree he's not terrible he can beat you um i'm not necessarily expecting that though to be perfectly honest um I think this is a game the Cubs could probably win. In his most recent start against the White Sox, ironically, gave up six hits, 
or excuse me, nine hits, six runs, no walks, four strikeouts, but two home runs. Uh, has given up at least a home run in almost all his starts. Was able to win his game against Minnesota on August 10th without giving up a home run, but at least a home run or more in a lot of his starts. So he's been getting hit hard. He's giving up a lot of runs. Uh, not a lot, but a good amount of runs. I think the Cubs could hopefully bounce back here. Kyle Hendricks, of course, in his most recent start, was pretty solid against Milwaukee. He was able to get the win uh, despite giving up the four earned runs. Uh, was fantastic through pretty much six innings. Had eight strikeouts. Um, some One of his better games. 93 pitches. Uh, hopefully Kyle Hendricks kind of shows that he's more of the guy that's pitching between the lines than the guy we're looking at the stand line. So, like I said, that game will be on NBC Sports tonight at 6-10 in Detroit. So let's move on to the second segment. All right, so on today's episode, we've got a mailbag, questions. we got quite a few questions. I appreciate everyone tuning, uh, chipping in here. I think we've got one more off day. I'd really appreciate if you guys can send us some more questions for that last off day. I think it's in – I think the Cubs have 23 straight games of baseball, and then uh, they've got an off day coming up after that, and then it'll be pretty much close to the end of the season. So we appreciate – hopefully we'll have some positive things to talk about when that mailbag comes. Uh, today's not the most positive, but a lot of things – of kind of hinging on you darvish we didn't get any news on him yesterday there's still nothing on it quite yet today um we'll have to see what happens hopefully positive news i would assume at this point we're probably not going to get you darvish back i wrote about it on sunday for nbc sports if you'd like to take a look but um some questions about you darvish uh first question about you uh it is any chance you darvish hangs it up as in does you darvish retire essentially that question came from Jeremezerek. Hopefully I said your name right. It looks like Jeremy Schroek is or Schrock is the handle actually there. So appreciate the question. Um, any chance you Darvish talks about uh, talks about hanging it up? I know people there was a big deal made. There was an LA Times article that came out last year that kind of referenced the idea that he might want to retire. He was contemplating maybe retiring from baseball, going back to Japan, maybe playing there or something like that. Um uh, he's got a lot of money <laughs> that he's still owed from the Cubs. And I assume if he were to just walk away from the game, there'd be some type of buyout agreement or something like that, I would guess. Um, but no, I mean, he's motivated. He's been in that locker room every day. I think a lot of people don't realize how much effort you Darvish is putting into this comeback. Um, I think things are kind of getting blown out of proportion. People kind of demanding he'd be this tough guy, this guy that shows he can fight through pain and pitch well. And it's kind of like, well, he wasn't pitching well when he was supposedly healthy at the beginning of the season. He's only managed eight starts on the season right now. Um, if we're really going to try and push you Darvish out there, why do we want him less than 100%? percent would be my take on that. Um, so no, I, 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 I know he's trying. I know he's pushing himself. I know he's kind of leading this irregular rehab type of comeback here for the Cubs and it's interesting but he clearly knows his body he knows something's not right you've got to think I mean a guy just doesn't get three MRIs like cuz uh, he's got to realize something's not quite right so I'm assuming the Cubs are probably going to do quite a few more testings or testing on him see what they can do find out what the issue is if it is a sore if it's just sore if there's a tear if there's something wrong you know you hope for the worst you hope for the best right now I'm expecting the worst just because it'll be easier on me when the news does break regardless of what it is, but no, I don't think you Darvish is trying to retire. I uh, I think he wants to be here. I don't think he'd be going through all these, this tough, I mean, it's hard to come back from an injury like this. It's hard to keep pushing and grinding and deal with the day-to-day and no, you can't make an impact for this club, but you're with them every day and you see them struggling in moments and, you know, especially these last couple months when the pitching wasn't fantastic. 
you know, Darvish wants to help. So, no, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's hanging his cleats up anytime soon. Uh, next question comes from actually my cousin, Josh Cusack, who uh, tweeted this at me yesterday. He, uh, for those who not know, he is not the biggest fan of you, Darvish. And I think he was very much in the Keep Jake Arietta, um section of people on Twitter. So um, his question was, will you, Darvish, be the 2019 World Series MVP? If not, was this the worst deal of the Theo era? Hot takes encouraged. Um, no, I don't think this is, I don't think you, to answer the second part first, no, I don't think this is the worst deal Theo Epstein's ever made. We were only one year into it. It's been a disaster of a first year, I'll admit that, but no, this is not the worst deal Theo Epstein has ever made. Uh, Edwin Jackson could very well be that case. Uh, you know, there's a couple a couple ideas and things. I mean, you could argue that, you know, of course you get a World Series of the Robles Chapman, but, you know, the moral compromise you kind of had to make to acquire a guy like him, you could argue that. There's a couple of different options out there. But, no, I don't think it's way too early to tell if you Darvish is the worst signing. It hasn't been great. He's had probably one of the more disappointing first seasons as a Cub, but he's got five more years. And, you know, if it, it's frustrating because when he has – been healthy in these two rehab starts he's looked okay um in this first inning on sunday wasn't super great some command issues but did have a strikeout was throwing 95 miles an hour looked great and his rehab start back in june gave up a solo home run but struck out seven i think over five innings eight something like that had a high had a bunch of strikeouts in five innings his stuff looked good he's just not feeling right so um will he be the 2019 world series mvp man would that be something right I think that would be probably the biggest turnaround. I think Cubs fans would go from loathing him to being, you know, their favorite player ever if he were to pitch to the point where he's a World Series MVP. Um, so I'd love to see that. I don't know if we will get that, but I'd love to see it. So uh, next question is about Addison Russell. This comes from, I believe it was Peter Hansnack. He's talking about what is the realistic return for Addison Russell at this point in his career? I actually like this question a lot. It's interesting because you think about Addison Russell, and we've talked about it a couple times, Ryan and I, about how we think he might be the odd man out once Chris Bryant returns. And, you know, David Bodie hasn't been incredibly hot, but neither has anyone on the Cubs outside of maybe Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber, who have hit solo home runs in the last couple games. Um, but Addison Russell is dealing with a middle finger injury. It's going to start affecting him on the defensive side as well as the offensive side. His offense hasn't been fantastic. Um Man, it's just frustrating because we saw extreme high potential, a high ceiling in 2015. And we saw like a taste of what he could be being, you know, a 20, 25 home run guy with a close to 100 RBI and very solid defense, uh, gold glover, gold glove caliber type of guy at shortstop. His his range was fantastic. We just loved the combination of him and Baez, and the future looked super bright up the middle of the infield. It still is for the Cubs, but we're seeing now Addison Russell probably overperformed or maybe was the product of a really, really good Cubs offense in 2016. And he's starting to regress a little bit or maybe come back to what I think is expected out of him, which is he's got pop in his bat. He's not going to be a guy that I think ever hits for average. He's a guy that can find holes and be productive in moments. Uh, His on-base percentage has been pretty high this year. I think he's at a career high uh, OBP at the moment. I'm taking a look here right now. But, um, you know, it's tough to kind of quantify what, Addison Russell would be worth. Um, Ryan kind of talks about Russell being someone as a throw-in deal for someone to or to acquire pitching this year um, in the offseason, and I, I think that seems about right. I don't think Addison Russell really can be a piece that gets back anything 
super worthwhile on its own. Probably an underachieving player back that, you know, maybe change the scenery type of guy. But yeah, his on base is at 326 this year, which for Major League Baseball would be a career high for him, but it's only about five points higher than his 2016 OBP, which was at 321. Um, so, eh, it's just it's tough to figure out what Addison Russell is. His BABIP is always usually right around 300 or higher. Um, right now, I mean, he's essentially replicating his 2017 season with less pop, but more productive at bats. He's not striking out as much. He's walking more, uh, not as much power for sure. His, his isolated strength is down almost a hundred points. Um, so he's not hitting the ball very well. You can tell from his slugging, which is at 359. Clearly, Addison Russell's popping base hits through and, and squeaking balls through the through the infield if he is. His 322 Babbitt supports that. Addison Russell, if the power is gone, you know, that diminishes his return 100%, especially if you're talking about going to an American League team where he's just going to play defense and hit home runs. They can, you know, adjust for that. So I think your best bet in trading Addison Russell is including him in a package. Maybe you decide if, if, if for some miracle the Cubs sign Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, whoever it may be this offseason, and maybe it's a starter, who knows. Uh, maybe they're trading for a starter. Um, adding Addison Russell to a package that gets rid of probably one of their extra outfielders being Elmore, Hap, maybe Kyle Schrober if they're really trying to do that. Maybe it's Jason Hayward. Um, you know, one of those pieces makes sense in a deal to try and get maybe a starter back. Jacob deGrom, who knows. I don't see that happening, but... You know that's that's probably the type of deal you're gonna have to make if you're if you're trading Addison Russell. Um, I don't think on his own he can get you much. Um, maybe another change of scenery guy. Maybe a guy that struggled and hasn't been great for another team. Maybe you flip them and see what happens. But um, I don't know. There's also no pressing like matter. You don't have to trade Addison Russell. He's arbitration eligible for three more seasons. Um, he made. I think he got like a $6 million increase this year as opposed to what he'd been making before. I don't know if Russell's going to be worth keeping, you know, going through arbitration. You might get him cheaper now because he had somewhat of a down year. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Tough to quantify what that guy's worth because he has such a high ceiling. He hasn't really reached it yet. He's still only, I believe he's still only 25. Uh, yeah, he's 24. He's actually, he won't turn 25 until January. Uh, so, I mean... He's still relatively young is the thing. And, you know, his prime is there. I know I've talked about this on a couple podcasts. The Cubs are in win-now mode for sure. Uh, They're in their window of championship competing. And, you know, if you're waiting for Addison Russell to develop and you've got guys like David Bodie, potentially Zach Short, who's showing he can be a very solid defensive shortstop at some point. Javier Baez, of course, could slide over to shortstop. Um, I'm nervous to do that just because I think he's more valuable as a second baseman. I think he's more prone to errors, but Addison Russell's arm has shown that it's, you know, kind of a wet noodle sometimes. So, I mean, there's options. The Cubs have some have some ways to go with it. So, I mean, they can move Russell any way they'd like and make it effective. I don't think you have to trade him, though. I wouldn't trade him at this point unless you get something tangible back, unless you're getting a good starting pitcher back. Um, but that's going to cost you a package, and then it, it depends on who you're sending with Addison Russell. So... I think on his own, you're not going to get much. In a package, you could get something back, but you're probably going to lose a little bit more talent than the Cubs would probably want to get rid of. Of course, you know, we don't know what happens this season to the Cubs get, you know, make it through the make it to the postseason and get bounced in the first round. Then they might take a serious look at themselves and be like, all right, you know what, the talent is good, but we could probably do better. 
and that's when they might make some moves. So it'll be more telling as the season comes to an end and as we get through the postseason and to the offseason, clearly, then we're going to know kind of maybe the direction the Cubs will go. But um, Edison Russell is definitely a guy I would point to and be like, he could be a trade candidate. I just don't know if the Cubs will move him. So Next question here. Actually, it's a pretty good one uh, about the postseason. We actually got an email to us. Ryan actually sent me this email from the Lockdown Cubs email. It came from Gus Zimmerman. Gus, thanks for the question. The question is, if the season doesn't end with a second parade, do you think a starting pitching blow-up, offensive drought, or, and in parentheses, twist, a bullpen malfunction is the most likely is the most likely cause to a playoff exit for the Cubs? It's a good question. Um, of course, we've seen... These last couple days, the Cubs' offense, the last couple days, the last couple weeks, the Cubs' offense has been incredibly inconsistent. Uh, They're the only team in baseball history to score one run in four straight games off of solo shots. You would think that's a cool idea, but no, unfortunately, it's not. They split two of those games. They split one, two, and two. Um, My gut tells me right now that it would be the offense that probably cost the Cubs a loss, but I could see it being a combination of the starters not being able to go long enough in a game and the Cubs not being able to score enough runs um, to the point where like maybe they're able to squeak through a couple games and maybe down, be down 2-1 in a series in the NLDS, but have used their bullpen a ton, and they can't go to their guys maybe in the rest of that bullpen, and that, that could be an issue where the bullpen becomes, or a situation where the bullpen starts to let you down, just over usage in one series. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably the offense. We've seen it before in the postseason. The last couple of years, the Cubs do get quiet in moments in that postseason, and they have to lean on their pitching. I'm not super confident in the pitching as much as I've been before, but I think Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, Cole Hamels, and even Jose Quintana, the four of them have proven in even the last just a couple of years that they're solid postseason arms. Maybe not Cole Hamels as much. Uh, his pedigree in his future his past shows that he can be an elite guy of course a former world series mvp pitcher um he's definitely got the pedigree for it so i would say if i had to pick something probably the offense um that being said i could see it very easily unraveling for the cubs if their starters can't pull together so we'll have to see what happens that would be my guess though offense lets it uh lets the cubs down here and then the final question came from my friend andy who is kind of a car nut and an annoying person, but I love him. Um, he sent me a question basically asking me how many horse, like how much horsepower does Kyle Hendricks' fastball throw? And, you know, that not much would be my guess. Uh, so I decided to try and take a look into how I would even calculate this. Um, when it comes to RPMs, rotations per, per minute, of course, um, they, uh, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks' fastball. Sorry, I'm trying to like find a way to word this in a way that makes sense. Kyle Hendricks' fastball's rotations is about 190 is 1,963 on his fastball. That's his RPM, and that's average. That came out. That was a study done in about 2017, 2016, somewhere around there. So that might not be the most up to date, but at one point that was how many rotations per minute he was getting on his fastball. Um, uh, one horsepower, like one physical horsepower, has 1,800 RPM. So technically, Kyle Hendricks' fastball has the equivalent of like a horsepower of over, just barely over one. 
that's kind of the math I was able to do. There's no like direct way to convert that because clearly we're comparing a baseball to a car engine. So um, it's like never going to work right. But Andy, to answer your annoying question, Kyle Hendricks throws about just barely over one horsepower with his fastball. Maybe. Check the math. I probably calculated that incorrectly. I feel like there's more to it than just RPM. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a car guy. I'm a baseball guy. So that's it though. So we appreciate the questions, guys. If you have anything else you want to talk about on the show, we're always happy to take questions. It doesn't have to be a mailbag. You can always tweet at us at Lockdown Cubs. You can tweet at me at Sean R. Sears, Ryan Q. Davis. Um, you know, you can email us. I believe the email is just LockedOnCubs. Let me double check for that. But yeah, send us your questions, guys. Um, we'll be happy. yeah, LockedOnCubs at gmail.com. Uh, send us your questions. If you guys have something in the middle of the season you want us to discuss, Ryan and I are always happy to discuss things with the fans. That's what makes this so much fun is when we get to interact with you guys. Um, but beyond that, let's move on to the third segment here. All right, so quickly we'll go through the NL Central and the standings here today. I don't believe they've changed pretty much at all. I think Milwaukee won yesterday. They beat the Reds 5-2, to two, so they are now three games back of the Cubs, and I believe that was the only NL Central team that played yesterday. Uh, no, just kidding. The Cardinals won. Uh, they played. They played the Dodgers and beat them five to three. Uh, Kenley Jansen actually blew the game in the ninth inning, and uh, scoring two more runs, and the Cardinals pushed it over to the top. Or scoring three runs in the ninth to win that game. The updated NL Central standings as of right now: the Chicago Cubs are seventy-one and fifty-two, nineteen games over five hundred, and lead the division. Milwaukee seventy and fifty-seven, three games back of the Cubs. St. Louis at 69 and 57 are three and a half games behind the Cubs, only a half game behind the Brewers now, which is very scary. Pittsburgh at 63 and 63 at 500. They are nine and a half games back from the division. They are likely out of the playoff race at this point. And then Cincinnati, of course, at 55 and 70, 17 games back uh, at this point, are past their hot streak and are unfortunately going to finish probably in the bottom of this division. So. When you look at the wildcard standings, Milwaukee has a half-game lead in one spot. Philadelphia, Colorado, and St. Louis all are tied for that last wildcard spot. Atlanta and Arizona hold a lead in their divisions. Arizona's a half-game up on Colorado, and Atlanta is a full game up on Philly at the moment. Nationals seven and a half games back. They're likely out of the picture. Dodgers two and a half back of their division. Uh, two back in the actual uh, wild card standings at this point. Uh, San Francisco still kind of in the picture, I guess, at seven and a half games. Um, at 62 and 64, there's seven and a half back of their division. They are seven back in the wild card. Um, it's starting to get a little, little more clear who's going to be involved here. I would say that if I had to pick two teams that were going to win this wild card, the two wild card spots, I would say Milwaukee's probably a lock for one of them. As long as they keep playing well and St. Louis doesn't keep creeping up, I would assume St. Louis has to cool off at some point. Um, and if I had to pick that one, I think Philadelphia is the other team. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna nail it down here. So that would be it here. Of course, the Cubs have a two-game series with the the Tigers here this week. Um, from there, I believe they have a four-game set with Cincinnati at home. Let me take a look at the schedule here for this week. But yeah, they come. I know they come home for Cincinnati. And then I believe the Mets after that, and then they go on the road against the Braves for one makeup game, and then go to Philadelphia for three. The Brewers come; they go to uh, they go to Milwaukee for a weekend series, or excuse me, no, post weekend series. 
play the Nationals, then back to the Brewers, and then they finish up with the Reds, Diamondbacks. They've got the White Sox for three games, Pirates, Cardinals. So the Tigers are the second-to-last American League series that we'll see the American League team the Cubs will see. They'll see the White Sox one more time in, I believe that was September. Um, yeah, September. So end of September, they'll see the White Sox for a three-game weekend series, and that'll be it for the uh, American League teams until the uh, until the Cubs go to the World Series. So getting close to the end here, folks. The Cubs got to pull together here. Hopefully they do so. Um, thanks again for listening today, guys. You can listen to the podcast pretty much anywhere, any podcast app you do listen to. Please leave us a review. Uh, let us know what you think. Please leave us a five-star review if you love us. That'd be awesome. Be candid. We want to hear the... We want to hear the constructive criticism. We want to hear what we do right, do wrong, things like that. Um, if you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs, we'd really appreciate it. You can always interact with Ryan and myself on Twitter as well. Like I said, I am at Sean R. Sears. Ryan's at Ryan Q. Davis. Um, follow our work at IBC Sports. I'll be having a couple stories coming out later this week, um, a few different things. So keep an eye out for that. But without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. Thanks for tuning in, and go Cubs. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.